Hello, and welcome to this supplemental podcast for St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. This is the sermon for March 6, 2019, Ash Wednesday. The sermon is entitled Flying Blind and is based on the book of Job, chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hanna. In 2008, a man by the name Jim O'Neill was flying his small Cessna plane uh, from Glasgow, Scotland to Colchester, England. And suddenly, as he was flying in the air, he realized he couldn't see the instrument panel in front of him. At first, he thought maybe he was blinded by the sunlight, and so blinks a few times, tries to look down, but again, he sees nothing. It's only then that he realized he wasn't blinded by the sun. This was something much, much worse. He had suffered a stroke, and he could no longer see. Panicking, he didn't know what to do. This was the ultimate definition of flying blind. He fumbled around. He found his radio there in the cockpit, and he issued a mayday call. Send help, send help. I don't know what to do. I cannot see. Help came. Help came in the form of a pilot, Paul Gerard, from the Royal Air Force. He answered that call. He took off in his plane. He flew around in the skies, and he found Jim O'Neill's plane in the sky, and he said, don't worry. We're going to get you down. I'll tell you exactly what you need to do. He hovered within 500 feet of Jim O'Neill's plane, and he said, I'm going to talk you through all of the steps. We're going to get this plane down, and we're going to do it safely. Maybe you've been struck, maybe not blind, but struck by some calamity in your life. Maybe it's divorce. Maybe it's a huge expense that comes up in your life that you don't know how you're going to cover. Maybe it's in the form of sickness. Maybe you get back those results from the doctor and they're your worst fear. Cancer. You're not in midair, but you're midlife mid-semester. You're right in the middle of everything that seems to be going pretty good. And then, wouldn't you know, suddenly you've lost all sight, all vision. You no longer see that nice, clear landing strip. You don't know how you're going to get out of this situation. You are flying blind. Flying blind through life. It's something that we can all sort of associate with, but maybe not on the same level as we can as we hear about the details of Job's life. This Lent, during our Wednesdays, we're going to be peering into the life of Job. We're going to be peering into some of the conversations that he has after he has been struck, after the blessings that he had enjoyed for so long are quickly taken away from him. We're going to listen in on the conversations that Job has with God, with his friends. And we're going to listen. We're going to listen to God's Word. 
Listen to God's Word in this book of Job that is, that is a book of wisdom. A book that has great significance for us in our life in this world today. But we're not just going to listen on Wednesday nights. You're also invited to join us on Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings as we go a little bit more in depth in our Sunday morning Bible classes. We are going to be studying the book of Job as well. So whether it's on Sunday during the Bible classes or here Wednesday evenings throughout Lent, we're going to think about the lesson of Job. What is it that God is teaching us? What is it that we can learn from Job? Tonight, we quickly, quickly will find we're not the only ones that know what it's like to go through life flying blind. So, what is it that Job does? Where does he turn to? Where can we turn to to look for our hope? As the book of Job opens, we learn a few important details about Job. The, the most important one for now is that Job is called somebody who was blameless and upright, somebody who feared God and shunned evil. In other words, spiritually speaking, Job had his life in order. He was a believer in God, and he was greatly blessed by God. Now, don't read into this that Job was without sin. Job was a human just like everybody else. He knew that he needed God's help. He did the sacrifices for himself and for his family that God called upon because he knew that that was the grace that God offered to him at that time. So what we know about Job is that he's a pretty good guy. He, of all people, does not seem like he is someone that is going to be deserving of what is about to happen to him. So where does that come from? Why do those bad things happen to Job? Well, we hear that there's a time that the angels are coming before God and there in the midst of them is Satan. The great accuser, that name, Satan, it literally means the accuser. And so Satan is up to his own things, causing trouble there in heaven. God says to him, what have you been doing? Well, you know, just roaming around, just checking things out. And God says to him, well, have you seen Job? Have you seen this man of great faith? He's a wonderful guy, blameless and upright. And now Satan starts thinking. See, Satan is kind of like that corrupt judge or corrupt police officer. The one that's trying to pin something bad on somebody who's innocent maybe to stir up some trouble, maybe to get somebody else off the hook, maybe just because things are a little bit too boring, you got to create some excitement. So when God says to Satan, have you seen Job? <laughs> I bet Satan's eyes grew. It's sort of like a jeweler store owner offers a jewel thief a peek at the most priceless gem at the store. Well, would you look at that? Isn't that awesome? And so Job is going to be the target. 
he doesn't know it. But Satan plants the seed. You know, he is a mighty fine man of faith. But you know, he's only a man of faith because you've blessed him so much. You know what, God? I bet if you would take away all of those cattle, all of those flocks, all of the riches, his family, if you took all of that stuff away, in a second, he would curse you. Satan was planting that seed. Job doesn't really love God. He only loves the gifts that God has given him. And so take away the gifts, and Job will no longer care for the giver. God says, okay, try it. Try doing what you think is right, Satan. Do not harm him. Do not touch a hair of his head. But take away his stuff, and let's see what happens. Now, we, as the readers of the book of Job, get this bird's eye view. We know exactly what's happening and why it's happening. Job doesn't get to see this. Job is flying through life blind when all of a sudden everything that had been going so well falls apart. All of those gifts and blessings are taken away from him. And Job is going to cry out. Job is going to cry out, God, where are you? And as we continue moving through the book of Job, we'll hear those cries gain and gain in intensity. And we'll hear some of Job's friends come into his conversation as they answer on God's behalf, as they try to give him what they think is good advice. But is it? Now all this, everything that we've been hearing so far, everything that is yet to come, points us to Jesus. That's right, everything that we are going to hear in the book of Job is going to point us to Jesus. You heard in the Gospel reading today, that very last verse, how after Satan tempts Jesus, three different temptations and Jesus doesn't fall for any of them, he resists Satan, he speaks God's word, Satan departs. He doesn't depart for good. He departs for another time. Another opportune time. A time when Jesus will be weak. A time when Satan can try once more to get him to abandon that path of obedience to his heavenly Father. And that's exactly what he does. As we hear the story of Jesus... As we hear the story of Jesus' suffering, as we hear the story of Jesus' death on the cross, we're reminded not just of the similarities, but also the differences between Jesus and Job. See, Jesus is the ultimate innocent sufferer. Job was righteous and blameless, but he wasn't without sin. He didn't deserve to suffer in the way that he did, but Jesus is a completely different story. Jesus is without sin. He is God's Son. He had no business coming into our world to experience the fullness of our sin. 
But he chose to do that. He wanted to do that because he knew that was how he would save us from our sins. Now, when Satan tested Job, God said to him, you will not touch a hair on his head. But God gave no such protection to his son. Job is out in the ash heap, crying out to God. But Jesus is completely abandoned. Nailed to that cross in the most brutally violent way. Left to hung in this garbage heap that was known as Golgotha. You and I, suffering is going to come. We live in a world of sin. It's going to come. Sometimes we know why suffering happens. When the cop pulls you over for going through a red light, it hurts. Nobody likes it, but we know why we're experiencing that suffering. We know why we're getting that ticket. But so many other times in this life, we may not know the reason. We may know, not know the reason why such suffering has come. We may be simply flying through this life blind, and we will cry out, God, where are you? Where are you in the midst of my suffering? If we follow Jesus' story, we'll hear him cry out. We'll hear him cry out from the cross, and we hear him cry out in our lives, in our day today. I'm here. I'm here. I am suffering with you. I am suffering for you. As I hang dying on this cross, I am bleeding out for you for the sins of the world. And Jesus assures you and me that we are never alone in our suffering. Rather, He is there. He is here with each one of us. In all of our different experiences, He is there and He will not abandon us. In fact, He tells us, I am here with you. And He points us forward. He points us forward as He yearns to bring us to that time when He will come back again, to that time of the new Jerusalem, to that time when all mourning and crying and suffering will cease, to the time of pure joy, of being in God's kingdom with Him forever. But how does that transformation happen? How do we get from suffering in our world, flying blindly through life, to knowing that joy? The only way, the only way we can know that is by following Jesus. Following Jesus to the cross, but not just to the cross. Also to that empty tomb. To that Easter morning. So we too see the tomb empty and we see our Savior standing there with His palms outspread, offering us that gift of everlasting life till that day when we can say with our own voice, I know 
that my Redeemer lives. On that day, that transformation will be complete. On that day, we will see our sadness and our suffering transformed into something infinitely good. The true joy of heaven. Back in that day in 2008, Jim O'Neill was flying that plane blind. The voice of Paul Gerard, though, was in his ear, and he could hear those directions. Okay, take it down gently, a little bit to the left, a little to the right now, a little, a little bit more. The first time his plane hit the runway, it bounced up violently. Jim had come into his descent too sharply. Jim started to panic and started to worry. This isn't going to work. How can I do this? But the voice of Paul Gerard continued to speak in his ear, those words of calm assurance and patience. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get this. We can try it again. Finally, on the eighth try, the blinded pilot managed to make a near-perfect landing. And they got him into the hospital. Everything would be all right. And it's all thanks to his new friend, Paul Gerard. When we fly blind through this life, sometimes the cacophony of voices is overwhelming. The talk show host on the TV may say, oh, don't worry about that. Your financial advisor will say, now's the time to buy. It's the bottom of the market. Get all your money together. Your friends may say, you know what? I have just the book you should read. And you might think, there's no hope. There, there's no way. This, this just isn't going to work. And it's in those moments especially when we need to heed once more the one voice that all of us needs, the voice of of our Savior, the calm and reassuring voice as He guides us in. Now, maybe His words are not, take it down a little bit, a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, you can do this. But He gives us words that are even more valuable. Tonight, as you come to this table, Jesus speaks to you. Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Take and drink. This is my blood shed for you. That's the voice. That's the voice that we need to hear. It is that voice of comfort, of reassurance, of forgiveness. It's the voice of our Savior who welcomes us all with arms open wide. He's leading us. He's guiding us to make that safe landing into His arms where we will be today and forevermore. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to the supplemental podcast for St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking on the Sermons button at the top of the page. 
Thank you for listening and God's blessings.